This is Who Wore What When, a podcast where we examine historical figures and their clothes. I'm your host, Maggie Latham, and we wanted to try a new thing um, here on Who Wore What When. Dabney and I had talked because it can be very hard to find the time these days to record, and it's hard to record a whole episode by myself and COVID. So we're going to start trying to do some mini episodes just about like events and things instead of a single person because that takes a lot more time usually and it's kind of fun to riff with someone else. Hopefully we can do more of these mini episodes than we can the full-length episodes um, because it'll be easier for me to record and edit by myself rather than having to rope someone else into my chaos. So today I'm going to give the history of the deadly green dye. It's kind of a similar story to the um, uranium girls, which a lot of people know about these days because it was a really popular thing where these women were painting uranium on the faces of clocks so that they would glow, and then they were licking the brushes and they all got radiation poisoning. Woohoo! So fun! Um, Actually incredibly tragic. And the deadly green dye is not all that different. So... Let's get started. In 1814, a company in Schweinfurt, I'm gonna pretend like that's right, Germany, called Wilhelm Dye and White Lead Company developed a new green dye. This dye was brighter than traditional green dye, so it was very jewel-like and it was called by people emerald green. This was also at the time that gaslighting was being introduced to replace candlelight and women going to parties wanted to stand out in the brighter light and the green was the way to be bold. The green was even used for wallpaper and carpeting and Victorian Britain was said to be bathed in green. The reason the dye was so striking was because it was made with arsenic. Turns out arsenic, super bad for you. It's deadly, causes ulcers all over the skin, Close contact with it causes scabs and sores wherever it touches, it makes your hair fall out, it makes you vomit blood, and it shuts down the liver and kidneys. Ooh. So it's not great for you to be putting on clothing and wallpaper and carpeting and things that you touch on a regular basis. I watch a lot of true crime, and let me tell you, arsenic is a super common poison that is used in murder. So... Unless the dye was sealed, the sweat from whoever was wearing a garment uh, with the arsenic dye could cause the dye to run onto the wearer's skin. Babies were dying in nurseries after playing on green carpet, because you know how, like, wet and sticky babies are. No offense to babies. Once, a foreign dignitary even told Queen Victoria that the green wallpaper in Buckingham Palace made him ill, which sounds like a dig at her taste in decor, but... It's actually true. It was literally making him ill, and Queen Victoria eventually had it removed. Manufacturing the fabrics was even worse for you. Matilda Scheduler was a 19-year-old woman who applied the arsenic dye to fake flowers, and she died in 1861. Warning, little graphic. She threw up green vomit, the whites of her eyes turned green, and she said that everything she looked at was green before she died. Yeah. And a woman had been kept on working with green till her face was one mass of sores. Ew. 
we're all talking about how bad mask knee is, you know, wearing the masks all the time. Can you imagine if your whole face was just sores? <laughs> Ew. Doctors knew that this was all happening as early as 1857. They talked a lot about the great deal of slow poisoning going on in Great Britain. Victorian slang for attractive person killing, in quotes, uh, took on a new meaning. A British medical journal said, well may the fascinating wearer of it be called a killing creature. She actually carries in her skirts poison enough to slay the whole of the admirers she may meet with in half a dozen ballrooms. Yeah. So like, now I'm thinking when someone's like, killing it, they're literally killing people. Eh. None of this made people stop wearing the color. People were willing to die horribly rather than wear muted shades described as abominable grays, hideous browns, and dreadful yellows. Some people thought that they would be safe if they just didn't lick things containing arsenic, which was not true. And like I said, not a few minutes earlier, they already talked about how the sweat and just general moisture could make the dye run, which, you know, don't have to be licking it for it to be absorbed into your skin, but also don't lick it because that's gross. Some people thought doctors were lying and science isn't real because of course they did. Wow, it's almost like in all of human civilization, nothing has changed. People still think this. <sighs> oh, humans. People also knew that arsenic was poisonous because almost every household kept it to kill rats. It's literally rat poison. That's what it's historically been used for. How are we surprised about this? It took until 1895 for regulations to be put in place to regulate conditions in factories where workers were exposed to arsenic. Ah, let's go back to the beginning. The company developed the dye in 1814. This is 1895. I'm going to use a calculator to do this math because I'm not good at math. But let's just see. 1895 minus 1814. That's 81 years. Wow. That's almost the entire length of my grandmother's life. Can you imagine being born in 1814 and being dressed in... Ah. Ah. This stresses me out. By that point, people had begun to demand alternatives to the arsenic-based dye. So that's at least good that they finally said no. And to this day, green dye still has a bad reputation among seamstresses, and a lot of people think that it's very unlucky. I can't stop thinking about, like, the show Wicked, if green dye was still being used, the arsenic dye. There would just be dead actors left and right. Really depressing. And that's the story of the deadly green arsenic dye. Thank you so much for listening to Who Wore What When. This mini episode of Who Wore What When was researched and written by me, Maggie Latham. And I forgot to cite my sources. Hold on one minute. Ooh, baby. Always cite your sources, kids. 
A lot of the research from this episode came from the National Geographic's website. This episode was edited by me, Maggie Latham, and always produced by Dabney Rao. And we were inspired by David Henderson's History of Clothing course at Hofstra University. This episode was sponsored by rats, poison, and people being idiots about science. Did you know that making a podcast costs money? It sure does, but there is a way that you can help by going to patreon.com and searching who wore what when, or clicking the link in the description, you can help us break even. For $1 per month, you can get access to some of our research materials, and for $5 per month, you get access to bonus episodes. Ooh! Thank you so much to all of our patrons for making the production of this show possible. Did you enjoy this episode? Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to this. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, five stars only, or else. Tell your friends to listen. Tell your neighborhood dogs to listen. I'm sure they'd like it. Maybe. And check us out on Instagram at whowarewhatwhenpod or at our website at www.whowarewhatwhenpod.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or any great ideas for a mini-episode, because I'm looking for them, you can shoot us an email at whowarewhatwhenquestions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, a lot of the people who listen to this, you, you already know me, so just, you know, shoot me a little text. But, um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to drink your arsenic. Don't drink arsenic, please.